0: Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jurgen Strauss from InnovaBuzz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, Go to Innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this Innovabuzz podcast.
1: As a business owner, it really doesn't matter if you are B2B or B2C. When we think of it like a search-based platform, you can really dive into helping your audience where they're at so you can get past a lot of the stalls that you may have in other areas of your marketing because they're physically searching for the answers to their questions, the needs that they have in terms of services or products. Um, And if you're on the platform and they find you from that search, they're already halfway through that battle of, do I need you or is it the right time? Or is this helping me? Because they found you based on their needs in that moment.
0: Welcome back. Now, I hope you've had an awesome week so far. Have you listened to my recent podcasts with the author of Intuitive Marketing, Steve Jenko, and also with the author of Disruption Off, Terry Jones? If not, then do go check them out. But after you've listened to today's conversation, of course. I'm really excited today to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest, Laura Reich. Laura is a Pinterest strategist who helps high-performing business owners implement content growth plans, outsource their visibility, and steadily grow their monthly revenue through her signature growth-to-greatness framework with done-for-you services and course packages, and of course, most of it focused on Pinterest. She's helped clients and students bring in over $50,000-plus in monthly revenue. Her clients have become industry leaders with six-figure businesses and are growing sustainably by ranking on the first page of Google and getting targeted email leads daily. Laura has been featured on Social Media Examiner, Tailwind, Meet Edgar and The Ultimate Marketer. In our conversation today, Laura talked to me about Pinterest being less social media than a search engine, so think of it more like YouTube we discussed why it's important to focus on the conversations and also about the importance of consistency in Pinterest posting as well as in general content creation. Without further ado, then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Laura Reich. (music) I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited today to welcome to the InnovaBuzz Buzz Podcast from Minnesota in the USA, Laura Reich, who's a Pinterest strategist and she helps high performing business owners and content creators grow with sustainable systems, focused primarily, of course, on Pinterest. Welcome to the Innova Buzz Podcast, Laura. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yep, Pinterest is I've, I've learned this in my research, it's not actually a social media platform, but a powerful tool that can increase website visits and bring great new clients. Few companies know how to use Pinterest, and I would include myself in that. <laughs> uh, I'm not an active Pinterest user, so I'm really excited to learn more from you today, Laura, and hopefully that um, those lessons that I learn can be of value to our listener.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's perfectly correct. Um that's one of the biggest things that I try to teach everybody is to separate it from their social media marketing that they're trying to do and think of it more like YouTube and Google and like the SEO behind it all um and stuff like that. So I'm I'm excited to dive in and help people kind of get a a deeper understanding of it cuz it really is for any type of business owner or blogger that really wants to widen their reach and their audience
0: okay well um before we start talking about all things pinterest and and you've certainly piqued my interest (laughs) uh, what is it that drives you and how does that shape what you do today
1: um okay it may be the cliche answer that a lot of moms give but (laughs) what drives me is my kids um really to to have the blessing to be able to, like I was telling you before we started this podcast, have a four-month-old, right, and still be able to work from home and provide for them and see all the firsts, be there for when they need me. That's really what has been my driving factor through everything. Um, I've been doing this for a number of years, so all the way up to my 13-year-old, down to my four month old, uh, I can just kind of be that rock for them while still doing what I love and being able to support them financially as well.
0: Yeah, isn't it wonderful that we have those opportunities today with particularly the online world and that there's so many uh, different options that people can take up working from home and working in a timescale that that fits in with their other obligations or their other desires such as raising a family I think it's fabulous
1: yeah and I'm loving that a lot more individuals are able to experience that Um, and really even if they're going back to the office now or they're still working from home have a better understanding that it can get done no matter where you physically are um and how much fun it can be if you do have that flexibility in it as well.
0: Hmm. Alright, well um so we know that you've got three young kids and one yeah. one baby, so we're we're kind of recording this in between the times when they need your attention.
1: Yep, absolutely. So
0: um so tell us a little bit about Pinterest then? What what can Pinterest do for you and, and why should you be there as a, a business owner?
1: Yeah, so um, as a business owner, it really doesn't matter if you are B2B or B2C. Um, when we think of it like a search-based platform, you can really dive into helping your audience where they're at So you can get past a lot of the stalls that you may have in other areas of your marketing because they're physically searching for the answers to their questions, the needs that they have in terms of services or products. Um, And if you're on the platform and they find you from that search, they're already halfway through that battle of do I need you or is it the right time or is this helping me? because they found you based on their needs in that moment. And so if you can provide them that value um and take away that pain for them by leading them to that place on your website or um your blog or your social media or whatever it is that really helps them drive that home, then you've kind of basically already found uh, another long life, long life friend, right? Like, they'll start to follow you in other regards and really for your business, it's kind of just that top of funnel. So it's it's finding those people that are looking for you right now um, and how you can show up for them.
0: Hmm. Okay, so so we should be thinking in terms of, um, we write a blog post to attract people to our website and, and we write it in a way that uh, it ranks highly in the Google search engines um number 1 we post videos on youtube because that's the second biggest search engine that people use and we should be thinking then pinterest as another search engine so content on pinterest as another way for people to come back to our website
1: yeah absolutely and i love that you touched on that too because it doesn't just have to be blog posts um really anything that you have a url for you can use on Pinterest to lead the traffic there. So what I tell people is to really think where are you having the conversations that are converting for you, or really where is um, the most like successful blog or successful email often for you right now currently, and then use Pinterest to bring a new audience to that area. So whether that's a blog post, whether that's an Etsy shop or even an Instagram post, if those things are doing well and they are working in your marketing right now, then use Pinterest to bring in that audience that doesn't know who you are just yet.
0: Mm -hmm. Hmm. Fascinating. Um, Well, one of the things I'm curious about is what, what kind of audience is on Pinterest who who is there that you know might be interested in what I do, for example?
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, it's, it is no lie that it is mostly a female-based platform um, that is changing and has changed with different times over the years. Um, but really my unbiased way to show people who's on the platform and kind of what audience they can reach is to go there and type in a search term, right? So if we go in there and we type in Instagram marketing or we go in there and we type in a product that you offer or a service that you offer, see what pulls up in terms of those pins and the search that you did. And if those are talking points or offers or things that you provide, then that's who you can reach and why you should be on the platform and how you can easily get in touch with them, right? Um on the flip side of that, once you're on the platform, Pinterest has a really robust um, system to be able to provide analytics to you. and so you can see who your engaged audience is, uh, what their demographics are, what interests they have. I mean, you can see a ton of information, and you can also upload your own email list and get the information comparable to those that are already on your email list to see on mm-hmm. Pinterest are they someone who um, follows the interest of health in the Pinterest world are they someone who follows the interest of finance and then you can go down into subcategories and look deeper into things like that but those are just some awesome tools that Pinterest provides you as a business owner to be able to really connect on a level with that audience and speak to, so so to speak, their love language. Really,
0: hmm. and and to get to that, so my understanding is there's a a business version of Pinterest and a, a kind of a personal version. So for people that are just uh, posting about their hobby. Um, And the business version has the analytics, is that right?
1: Yeah, and if you're unsure if you have the business version or not, you can go to pinterest.com forward slash business, and it will ask you some questions or show you your business profile. Um, When you're in there, on the top left, there's a tab on your desktop view that will say analytics. And if you click on that drop down arrow, it's called audience insights. And those audience insights are what will tell you within the past 30 days what your personal engaged audience is with your account. So whether that is um, the categories that they have more prominently, like finance, health, food and drink, things like that, or if you click on one of those, it can go like under the finance category, you'd have like financial planning or budgeting or credit cards, things like that it will tell you um, the percent of your audience that is involved with those categories and interests and also then give you an, an affinity score um, which will actually tell you how interested they are in that particular topic um, based on the rest of the categories that are out there on Pinterest as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's, that's very powerful because that gives you, gives you some insights that you can use to, then post content more targeted at at those audiences that are engaging with your pins
1: yes absolutely more like psychographics than it is demographics and it's a lot of fun Mm. to be able to talk to them within that sphere of what they're already interested in
0: yeah now there's there's different types of pin right and um that this is something that i really don't understand at this stage I haven't explored i I do post pins from my podcast episodes from these shows uh to bring more traffic in. but in the past, I have to say before I discovered your work and started researching you a bit more i I really thought of it as another social media channel um, so w- what are the different types of pins that we can have so it's it's not just the static post with the image right?
1: Absolutely, yep, so static post is the original one, um, so you're gonna have that longer two three type image. They also have story pins available now. They are similar to the way that Instagram stories work. Um, the nice thing about Pinterest story pins, though, is they don't disappear after twenty four hours. So it's a way to be able to tell a longer story than what you actually have in that one image. The downfall of story pins on Pinterest is you can't link back to a specific area. So really we use that in strategy for bringing awareness to your brand and your account on Pinterest and then using static pins to drive the traffic to where you want them to go. Um, The third option that they have now as well is video pins or animated type pins. So that there's moving parts to the actual image. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be like a video like you and me. Especially for your podcast episodes you could take a clip um, and maybe you do this for social media but like an audio clip and put it on a graphic and then that's moving um, so you can then upload it as a video on to Pinterest. And so It would be a static image that's there, but the waves in that wavelength or however you make it move is what causes it to be a video. And then you can tag different keywords and interests within a video from what you can on a static image. So there's a number of different ways to be able to kind of think outside the box, so to speak, and get a little creative with um, how you bring that traffic back to the site.
0: Mm-hmm. And of course, it, it's different ways to capture people's attention, right? Yeah. Um, absolutely. So we do, we do what, what they call audiograms, which is pretty much what you describe yeah. for the podcast episodes onto social media. But I don't believe we post them on Pinterest. So I'll have to look into that.
1: Yeah, that would be a great way to be able to use uh, mm-hmm. video pins in your strategy as well. And video pins do link back to where you would want them to go. So you could link back directly to the podcast episode or if you turn them into blogs. Um, the nice thing about Pinterest, too, is you can have multiple pins uh lead to the same source. So you could have a video pin that leads to this one podcast. You could have a static pin that leads to this podcast. And then you could even do a story pin about it um, and have them all lead back to the same area.
0: You mentioned that you can have multiple pins leading back to the same URL. So whether it's, um, in our case, it might be a podcast episode or a a show notes page. Um, what, What kind of strategies should you be thinking about in terms of using Pinterest? So let's sort of go up to a higher level again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that you want to be careful of is making sure that You don't save the same URL multiple times back-to-back because they'll consider that spam just like if you were on Facebook, your next two hours, you're not going to share three different posts about the podcast, right? So you want to spread that out over some time, but you can create different titles based on what was talked about in the podcast as different tips. And then you can have say, three different images with three different key phrases, because there are three different topics that you talked about in the podcast, and they're all relevant, so then you lead back to the place where you want them to go, and then schedule them out, say, over a month's time, and now you're just going to have it revolving over time, sending people back to that same area. So it's really nice, because one of the things I try to teach in my courses and my groups is to be able to schedule out Pinterest for at least a week in less than one hour a day. Um, so that way then you can see if you spend three, four hours, you should be able to get the whole month queued up and have multiple links out there for people to come back and constantly see your stuff within repurposing. Cause you can also mm. go back to a podcast you did 30 days ago. Because it's still going to be relevant, people are still going to be searching for that topic and have questions and uh, want resources and services surrounding those topics that they're searching for. So it's it's easy to be able to find the content as long as you are a content creator.
0: Hmm. And and you mentioned repurposing there, which I think you know you've you've triggered a whole lot of ideas in my mind um, because we do. A, a document for linkedin which is um 12 quotes that we pull out of each conversation that we have like this one and there'll be yeah. 12 quotes with a different um slide and it's one document that goes on to linkedin and that that gets a lot of attention uh, people really like that because it kind of gives them a snapshot of of the gems that we consider gems in the conversation and Absolutely. it highlights the guest and the value that they bring, and if somebody's interested in that topic they they certainly follow through on that one. so we could use those twelve um slides as twelve separate pins
1: correct, yep, and then scheduling out um I mean if you have twelve of them, I would say maybe schedule out probably like three or four months. For those slides, so again, you have the time between them before you share that URL again, um, or you could even get more creative with it, right? So that that slide is for a specific podcast because of the quote that's in there. So you could lead back to the LinkedIn post where the slides actually are. You could lead back to the show notes page. You could lead back to the podcast, and then you could start all over again. So you can exponentially, it can get confusing when we're just talking about it, but like visually, if you write it down, you could exponentially have multiple different times you use that same image linking to multiple different places. And again, if you're putting out even just one podcast a month and you're scheduling out, let's say, two to three pins a day to stay consistent with it, then you can absolutely get more traffic to content that you've had put out there years prior.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's um, it's a really well. It's building up uh, a web, isn't it? <laughs> to,
1: yeah.
0: Not to use the pun lightly, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's just making sure that, um, you're strategic about it, right? You're not going to just throw it up there, um, and hope that they're going to come back. Like, do a little research on the keywords, uh, do a little cross-referencing with your quotes that you have or the links that you have and, and really focus on the consistency. A uh, big thing that a lot of people struggle with is they hear in the industry, that they have to be pinning somewhere of 15 to 25 times a day. And if you're someone that's not putting out a ton of content and focusing more on service or product base, then it can get overwhelming to think of if you have three products, how do you pin 15 times a day if I also have to schedule out the URLs in an interval? And I kind of go against the grain on that one if you can consistently pin one time a day start there and then build your way up i've done case studies with clients where one client pinned three times a day every day with us for a month and we had another client that was pinning 17 pins a day every day for a month and their growth in terms of percentages were almost the same now their growth is You know different because of the amount of traffic that they were getting from that one pin versus the 17 pins or whatever it is but the percentages showed that it really didn't matter as long as you were consistently using the platform in the correct
0: way Hmm. yeah it's it's just like with any content creation isn't it consistency is is probably more important than the frequency and and then quality of course so
1: absolutely
0: so talk to us a little bit about the hashtag sort of system in Pinterest and and how we should be thinking about that
1: yeah absolutely so hashtags aren't as prominent as you would see on other platforms um, for social media as they are on Pinterest You want to focus first on the conversation that you're having with people and making sure that the descriptions and titles are within the realm of feeling like you're providing value and having a conversation with someone face-to-face. The second thing that you want to focus on then is the keywords that you have in that conversation and making sure that they are relatable to what that person is going to click through to see more information on. And then the third thing is going to be the hashtags. And hashtags were said, don't use them. Then they were brought back. Then now people are saying, don't use them again. I still err on the side that use them, but don't use them as like a crutch for your strategy, Mm -hmm. right? Use them as a aid in what you already have so if we're talking about and this is really bland for an example but if we're talking about apples right like don't go out there and start doing a hashtag on oranges because you're not it, it doesn't make sense unless your overall topic was about fruit so make sure that they're relevant but hashtags essentially are just keywords that you can't fit into a sentence in your conversation that you think are still relevant to what the person is searching for
0: hmm okay so um and and do you have any advice on how many hashtags um because i see a lot of Very people awesome. go overboard on some of the um on some of the other social media well on some of the social media platforms i shouldn't say other <laughs> um with hundreds of hashtags and i sometimes wonder you know does that really work for them i i typically stay under three well under five and three is usually where i land
1: yep and that would be perfect on pinterest i have always kept uh, three to five as kind of my sweet spot in terms of hashtags. Those who have done more are now seeing a slight drop off in their stats because again, they were using it more as like a crutch. Just like mm. if you are used to SEO and Google, if you keyword stuff, they're going to mm. find you. Don't do it. You know, it's the same thing with hashtags. Um, just use it sparingly. We haven't seen that drop-off. We've still seen great results from putting a few of them in there. So if you have the room, feel free to go ahead and do that. Just make sure that it's not over the top and you're putting more emphasis on the full sentence of the conversation you're trying to create.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good advice. Uh, one of the things you said earlier was around the consistency so that um, you're talking about the topic and or the product or service that you're actually taking people to in the URL. And I think that's a really important point. That's one of the big things for um, search engines. So people often do this crazy amount of work for SEO optimizing something, and then then what appears in the search, they get to a very high ranking, but what appears there and where you then land is completely unexpected so that people kind of say, no, that's not what I was looking for, and they leave again so that all that effort is wasted.
1: Yeah, then they'll have those high bounce rates and they'll have issues on the website overall. Um, It's gonna be the same thing with Pinterest, What I tell people really is when you have that business account and you have those analytics, do kind of like a what if um, type of analysis of your account and then once you look at it, what I call it is if this, then that. So if people are looking at your pin but they're not clicking through, what are you missing in terms of a call to action? Um, If people are clicking through, but you're noticing the bounce rate from your traffic is really high, what is the consistency between your title and your description and your call to action on the image versus what they're seeing within that first 10 seconds of the page that they're landing on? Does it make sense? Is it consistent across the board? Um, And then, I mean, a number of other things, right? Are you getting a ton of impressions? but not actually getting the traffic that you want. Um, start looking at what your images are saying and how they're ranking and things like that. So there's a lot of, if you see this, this is where you should dive deeper into it to really kind of hit home and getting that end goal that you're looking for.
0: Hmm. So with, with those looking at the statistics like that, and you mentioned earlier that to yeah, the suggestion of being really creative as to where you send people, so that if in our example we've got a LinkedIn post or a Facebook, and and we've got a Facebook post and we've got a um, an Instagram post for the podcast episode that we kind of alternate between where we send people to, that each of those posts, as well as the Um, show notes for the episode or the audio for the episode ultimately my goal is that people listen to the episode so how do I if I've got all this network going how can I track all of that because really the analytics I've got on Pinterest is how many impressions am I getting the analytics I've got at my podcast level is how many listeners I'm getting and I can track on my show notes page where they're coming from. Uh, But I don't have, I don't understand all that's in between.
1: Yeah, no. And that's a great question. That's kind of on a higher level for those who are at that point in their marketing. And they really need to be able to see um, where the traffic is coming from and kind of track that what I would suggest and what we do on our management side is use something called UTM codes. Um, and so you can put the source code of it coming from Pinterest, which Pinterest does naturally, but then you can put other codes that follow the source code. And so the next code would be medium. And so if you're taking a pin and going from Pinterest to YouTube, and then you want to track if they went from YouTube to your podcast, then you would put YouTube in the medium code and then in the campaign, maybe you would put what the image title was or what date you pinned it, things like that. And there's a lot of, um, versatility in there. So I, I don't want to go too deep because it, it yeah. might confuse some people, but using those codes really helps track where that traffic is going outside of what Pinterest gives you in terms of the outbound clicks and the impressions and the saves so that you can then go back to your Google Analytics. So if your main goal is to get people to listen to the podcast then I would say let's track them going to your show notes and then compare that to how many people actually listened to the podcast based on either the show notes page or based on um, going and clicking through the show notes page to maybe the podcast page that you want them to go to, or whatever it is, if you're using those UTM codes, you'll see that track back for every little thing that you're doing.
0: Hmm. Okay, so it's it's so we we use UTM codes with all our social media. So it's really just being clever about how you implement those in Pinterest.
1: Yep, absolutely. It just goes at the end of the URL that you're going to be using anyway. Hmm.
0: Okay, so just in case people don't know what we're talking about here because we are getting a little geeky. Yeah. So the URL, the URL address of my show notes page is pretty obvious. It's where you would go to listen to our – well, it's where you would go to read the show notes about this episode, where you might be right now listening to this podcast. And at the end of that, we can add some other parameters which um, give us – some information that allow us to track it later on in google analytics that's basically it i think right
1: yep that's basically it and if they want to learn a very simple way to do that um then i mean i suggest just going to like google or going to pinterest and putting in utm codes and you'll be able to find a ton of information Mm. start small with it don't try to get too over the top crazy um, until you really figure out you know where you want to be tracking and what information you want to be tracking
0: yeah and some of the posting tools actually allow you to just put in information and they will set up set them up for you automatically right
1: yeah i believe some of them do i use smarter for my social media um, and then i use tailwind for Pinterest. Uh, so tailwind does help with that naturally. I still use my own UTM codes just because then I can get really granular on, Mm. like I pinned this in December and I'm now seeing a spike in traffic from this pin, um, and things like that to really know like when my efforts are bringing in the ROI that I want to see. Uh, but. Most of the time, the platforms that you use for any type of a scheduler will add its own type of UTM parameters to it.
0: Hmm. So it doesn't need to be really complicated, but it, it can be really valuable. And particularly if you're working with somebody that's uh, looking into your Google Analytics for you to see where where the traffic's coming from uh, to inform your, your strategy for getting more views on on your website or wherever you are. Analyzing, then they can help with this.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Well, this is fascinating. I've learned so much and I've got all these notes here. So I'm keen to go and implement some stuff. Um, I think it's a good point now because we don't want to give away all your secrets. Um, I think it's a good point now to move on to our buzz round, which is our innovation round that's designed to help our audience who are primarily innovators and leaders in their field with some tips from your business experience. So I've got five questions. Hopefully you'll give us some really insightful answers and inspire our listener to go and do something awesome today as a result.
1: Yeah, for sure, let's do it.
0: What's the number one thing you think anyone needs to do to be more innovative?
1: I think um, really look at the space in where you're working. I think one of the things for me that really helped me is to not um, sit at a typical desk. Uh, So right now, if you guys could see me, I know you can, but if everybody else could see me, I'm actually sitting on a Navy couch with a bright pink wall. It's the only pink wall in my house and in my office, but to me, that really helps uh my mood and my space around me so that i can be more creative when i'm thinking about things and i can think outside of the box instead of for me personally sit at a desk and feel like i have to uh put something out there or pressured to come up with something right now
0: hmm yeah i love that advice it's it's kind of like um the disney creativity strategy where they have a special space for being creative and then when when you when for example if you're writing something you would do that in the creativity space when you're editing it you go out into the um sweat room because you're actually working on it it's it's and it's a different space and then they have um the reality room which is where you um, play through the scenarios is it going to work or not yeah
1: absolutely i would love to have the space in my house to have different (laughs) rooms like that but for now we'll keep the creative office going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. Now what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas?
1: Ooh, the best thing that I've done to develop new ideas. I think um I, you know, again, I think the best thing that I've done is really given myself the time to to see if what I can do is going to actually benefit someone and be helpful to them. Whether that's going out for a walk, whether that's creating something and then sitting on it for a while, uh, whether that's having beta testers or putting out feelers onto social media, I think it's really just focusing what my main objective is. And my main objective really is not how many dollars can I bring in, even though that helps us stay sustainable, but it's really how many people can I help. And Mm -hmm. so as long as I'm focusing on that, and then I'm giving myself the leeway to be able to make sure that what I'm doing is going to be creative enough to help them where they're at, and not just the same service or same product or same course that everybody's putting out there, then I think I kind of reach that point where it's actually going to benefit the individual that lands on it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's a very much a service service mindset, and I love that. And um, yeah, you mentioned a lot of things there. Uh, the exploring, ideas to make sure they're actually helping people or people like them. Yeah. Um going out for walks is I mean I, I really like that because that's that's a a way it's it's kind of a way to change the environment. So it could be another creative exactly. place. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it could be my second room. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Now um you mentioned Smarter Q before. Is that your favorite resource or do you have other favorite resources that you use most often?
1: Yeah, so I think um, in terms of social media scheduling, SmarterQ is one of my favorite just because of the automation side of things. It really helps to create a space where I don't have to constantly be checking if I am reaching out at the right time on the right platform. Because everybody now knows me and knows that I love Pinterest, my first and foremost is probably going to be Tailwind just because they're approved by Pinterest to be able to use them as a scheduler. Um, I think another one that I really love, which has kind of been a great debate online as of recent, is the iPad Air, whether people get the iPad Air or the Remarkable uh, tablet. I got an iPad Air, and so now I can use Notes. um, I can use Calendly, I can use Loom, um, all from my iPad. And so those are kind of, I think, other apps that I've fallen in love with, because as a mom with a four-month-old currently, yeah. uh, I can take that iPad and run, right, and still be productive. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, you can take it on your walk.
1: <laughs> yeah, if, if right. Wanted to, yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: Great. Well, We'll have links to those in the show notes as well, so people can check them out. And um, yeah, I love I love the technology where we can actually draw on the screens. Now we can handwrite notes yeah. on the screens, capture that in information, um, maybe even translate it. Or um, yeah. well, you you can actually translate it into audio, which is interesting to me as a podcaster. But you can also get it. It's um, the right word it's not transcribed but basically turned into uh typed text so that it's easily readable by everyone if you've got bad handwriting and um yeah and then of course use all the other tools that that are available online
1: yeah and that's one of the thing that things that keeps me really productive actually you hit the nail right on the head for me personally is um if we have like a design for a pin or something like that that i go back to my team when talking with them it's hard to keep that communication when you're all virtual unless you have those types of tools and so right now i will use the ipad to be able to write and circle and then i use my loom video which loom um i think is free for up to a five minute screen recording Mm -hmm. and I will talk to them as I'm writing my notes. So not only do they get this screen grab and see me make these changes, but it really cuts down the amount of back and forth so that we can increase the productivity that we have going on within the agency.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think think that's a a great tip using video tools to do screen grabs, and, and particularly if you have the ability to draw on the screen as well with the touch screen. So you can highlight, yeah. the, I want this moved over here. And you know if you had to type that out as an instruction, it would be very complicated. And yeah, you probably
1: absolutely.
0: spend ages revising what you've typed because you think, is that now, is that clear? I oh, know that's not quite clear, let me rewrite it. And whereas yep. the other thing you've done in a minute, <laughs>
1: exactly especially with design like move it two spaces to the left like it's just it's hard to try to Hmm. type that out to someone
0: all right now um what's the best way to keep a client or a project on track and we've probably touched on that already with with the tips of the video (laughs) communication
1: yeah um, that would probably be more internal agency for me for client work, um, keeping them on track. I love the project management system called Basecamp. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of people use it or know of it. There are other ones that are more prominently used, but Basecamp for me has always been super helpful because you can have task lists you can have chats with internal or external, so whether it's my team or with the client. Uh, everything is nicely laid out in a forum style chat. So the client can either reply via email and they take that email and translate it into that chat for us, or they can download the app or log in on their computer and just type directly into the chat as well. So. We don't have to go hunt down communication that may have been done elsewhere. We don't have to hunt down when the due dates are, things like that. It's just very streamlined and very helpful in terms of transparency between me, my team, the client, and making sure that we're always on time with everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, um, well, project management software, I, I think, has come a long way. Since the early days, and Basecamp certainly is one that's, um, yeah, it's a bit under the radar, isn't it? Um, but it, it is, yeah, yeah, being able to do all those things and take, I think, taking communication out of email and keeping it accessible and connected to the project you're working on is really valuable. That's such a huge time saver. I don't know how much time I spend um, searching for information and anything that helps. Kind of reduce that time and make it quicker to find things is is to me hugely valuable absolutely okay and what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves
1: um i think the number one thing that they can do is really give themselves permission to be themselves um and i don't say that lightly i say that because i'm still learning that um, as I record this podcast, as I've done video trainings before, I've always been really concerned and self-conscious that my kid is going to come in or my baby's going to wake up. And this week, we did two trainings, video trainings, right? So they could fully see that my four-month-old did not stay sleeping. Yeah. and. I think for me to really show, like, I can run an agency, I can do these trainings, I still have the knowledge, and I still have the drive, even though I have a baby on my hip, I think that really sets me apart, I think my personality shines through, um, and so I think really telling people, like, don't be afraid to show who you truly are, to really allow the transparency between you and that other individual or group of people, because you will have people that come out of the woodwork saying, thank you, I saw you, you just gave me permission to do X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z, or I really related to you because of that. And so just transparency and being yourself, I think is really the biggest thing that I am starting to learn is okay, and it's helpful, and it's it's acceptable. And I think if other people can start to see that and do that, then that really will set you apart from the other person in your industry.
0: Mm, yeah, I love it. Um, there's a couple of things that came to mind as as you were explaining that, and uh, one to me is to try to suppress all those things of being yourself to try to put on an act and fit in with somebody else's expectations costs an enormous amount of energy and it probably isn't yeah. sustainable and particularly in your situation when you know you're you're splitting your energy between running your business and doing the work you're doing plus you know being a mum and certainly anybody that's had young children would know that uh having a four month old takes a lot of energy <laughs> so yes. um so being yourself is actually a, a huge savings in extra energy that you would otherwise need to expend the second thing that came to mind is mm-hmm. you know you you will relate to people who like you who like
1: 100 your
0: personality and they will work with you so you end up working with your dream clients which again Um, is a lot more fun than working with people where you have to put on this act or you have to pretend or or hide some aspects of who you are Um, and also it's it's um, again a lot less draining
1: yeah absolutely and you're completely right that it is like this facade you put on and trying to keep that up and remembering what you said to who and how it was said and It's just, it is a lot of effort, and I think a lot of people try to be this perfect person in everything they do in marketing, and that's just not, for me at least, it's not reality. Um, And so I want to be that person that is relatable. I want to be that person that's like, look, I don't have it put together all the time, I have a 4 month old on my hip. I say um my house is not clean. It's just that's life and so I do want those people that relate to me and I've noticed like you said if I don't hide who I am I find the people that do still want to work with me because they understand where I'm at or they are okay with where I'm mm. at. And it it makes it a lot more fun my family sees I'm a lot less stressed. The client probably knows I'm a lot less stressed. Uh, There's just a number of things that it will, kind of that ripple effect outward from me, so.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's wonderful. You've just given us a a heap of uh, wonderful material. I do a lot of training on helping people identify who their dream client is. And you've just given us a lot of whys as to why you should be, first of all really understanding who that dream client is and then focus on working with them and um the often people say to me well aren't i aren't i losing a lot of opportunities to work with other people that don't fit that profile and i say yes and that's a good thing
1: <laughs> yep absolutely it's like when people say uh, don't look at your unsubscribes because you should be happy that they unsubscribe yeah. or things like that, it's it's 100% okay. Um, and it, And a quick story on the fact that people are concerned about that. I went from being a burnt out VA years ago to focusing only on Pinterest. And that was the hardest thing for me because I was concerned that I wasn't going to have enough for clients or be able to be found by enough people. And really it had the opposite effect. Hmm. more people understood what I was doing better, they related to me more, and those who didn't need my services or my help right now knew how to better suggest to somebody else what I could do for them. Hmm. So it just kind of opened up a whole new world of opportunities versus my mindset thinking, I'm not going to have anybody anymore.
0: Yeah, okay, well, let's Fabulous advice, and that was worth the price of listening just there.
1: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All
0: right. Well, thanks for getting us through the buzz round. Um, Now, this has been really great, fabulous conversation. I've learned a lot about Pinterest that I didn't know before and, um, you know, that I've taken away some action points that I'm going to be looking at implementing in our business. So I really appreciate that and hope that that's been the same for the listener. Now, where can people find out more about you, Laura, and reach out? And perhaps say thanks for what you shared today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Across the board on all social media, it's at LauraReich dot com or at LauraReich for all my social handles. Um so feel free to reach out to me anywhere on there. Um and if you're looking to kind of jump start things, check out laurareich.com dot com forward slash jumpstart. Uh kind of gives you more of those benefits to jumping onto the platform for Pinterest for your business.
0: Great. Wonderful. We'll include all those links in the show notes as well. Um, Now, you have some parting advice as we wrap this up today for the listener?
1: Yeah, I think my piece of advice for you is to try Pinterest. And because of the nature of Pinterest, working like the stock market, where it has its ups and downs, I would say try it for a solid 90 days before you make the decision to either stick with it or dump it. A lot of people jump in and they try it for a week or two and say they're not seeing anything. Really, really stick with it for 90 days consistently because I almost guarantee or I would love to try to guarantee for you That you're going to see movement and you will see help um, for reaching the goals that you set out to
0: reach Hmm. yeah that's really good advice and the 90 days certainly you want to be consistently posting and have a have a strategy that kind of is a structure and and system with a clear goal over that 90 days and i always laugh at um you know i tried it for a week and it didn't work kind of comments because it's the same as um you know how do you get to number or i can get to number one on google if i just do this one thing
1: (laughs) absolutely yep Hmm.
0: all right well finally laura who else should i get on this show and why
1: Ooh, i think that you should reach out to jamie o'hare Um, Jamie is amazing and has great tips in terms of Facebook ads and ways to bring in a higher ROI uh, without breaking the bank, so to speak. She is a wealth of knowledge in regards to that. Um, And she's a mom just like me. So I know that she's driven to be able to help people as well.
0: All right. Well, we'll get an introduction to Jamie from you, and reach out to her and see if we can find a time where she'll come on the show as well. So thanks for that, and yeah, thanks so sure. much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today, Laura. I've really enjoyed this. As I say, I've learnt a lot of new things about Pinterest. I'm looking at it in a completely different light now, and got some ideas of how we can implement it. So hopefully that you've um, inspired the audience as well to. Um, think about it in a different way and and to explore it in some more depth as to how it can help get more traffic to their website or to their products or stores, whatever their their objective might be. All the best for the future and, and let's stay in touch.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me again.
0: Thanks. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that really engaging and informative conversation with Laura and took something away from her episode. She shared some wonderful tips, including how to repurpose content on Pinterest and how to build an interconnecting system of links. I'd love to know what you took away from Laura's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Laura Reich. That is L-A-U-R-A-R-I-K-E all lowercase or one word in novabiz.co forward slash Laura Reich. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Laura as well as links to her website, her Pinterest toolkit, her social media pages and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, if you like this episode and got value from it, then don't keep that to yourself. Please share it with at least two other people so that these expert guidances and expert insights can help more. Tag me in on that share and I'll reach out to you with a special surprise. Laura suggested that we have a conversation with Jamie O'Connor on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Jamie keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast courtesy of Laura Reich Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up including personal branding coach Marina Girgis and founder of Goodman Lantern Raj Goodman Anand Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centred, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.